Hi, I'm Jenny Castro, and this is Holding It Together. This is the last of the Women Doing Theology shorts featuring main stage presenters at the Women Doing Theology conference in November. It's only a few weeks away now, y'all. I hope you're planning to come and participate. We've got so many great things happening. Have you seen our list of breakout sessions? We're talking about self-care. We're talking about sexual violence and healing. We're talking about lenses we use to read and interpret scripture. We're talking about widening the circle. We're writing and we're creating. If you can't tell, I'm excited about the program and I'm so excited about the people who are coming. And I'm really excited about our presenters. I've said it before and I'll say it again. These women are truly inspirational. To find more information about our speakers or anything else related to the conference, you can find a schedule, a list of breakout presentations, our commitment to creating safer spaces, and what we're calling our commitments, the ways we will intentionally work toward creating those safer spaces together. You'll find all this information at our website, at MennoniteUSA.org slash WDT18. Reverend Yvette Blair is a womanist preacher and co-founder of The Gathering, a womanist church in Dallas, Texas. We are so grateful for the opportunity to learn from her, from her wisdom and from her experience. Y'all meet Yvette. I am Yvette, and I just want to say that when I tell people my name, I, I let them know that the Y is not silent, because when my parents named me, they had the sense that I would be someone who would always have something to say, something that would be meaningful. So I hope that I have lived into that name. I am situated here in Dallas, but I consider myself as serving the entire diaspora, meaning that I have access to various communities um, around the nation. I currently serve as the co-founder and the co-pastor of The Gathering. It is a womanist church here in Dallas, Texas. I am also a social justice activist. I am a food justice activist, and I am currently pursuing a doctor of ministry in land, faith, and food at Memphis Theological Seminary. And I just believe that God has called me to be a prophetic voice, especially during the turbulent times in which we live. When I think about identifying who my people are, I actually think about it in three different categories. The first category is what I like to describe as my vibe, my tribe. Those are the people who walk with me on a daily basis. These are the people that I hold in dear relationship, who I love, who I admire, who I honor. These are people who I trust. These are people who have shown that they love me, that they hold me accountable, 
that they are there for me. And so those persons are Irie Lynn Session, Camila Hall Sharp. They are the two co-pastors of the gathering along with me. And then there's also my dearest friend and sister, Candace Green in Baltimore, Maryland. And then there's Vahisha Hassan. She is a social justice activist. She's a truth teller. And she is somebody who checks in on me on a daily basis. There's also Elizabeth Turner. She and I were in local pastors licensing school together. And she is someone who has stood by me. She has used her voice to support me. And so I'm just grateful for her. And then there's also my niece, Nariana Sands. She is a millennial. She is a person who is emerging forth as a great leader. She too is a truth teller and she is unafraid to talk about social injustices. That's one category. The other category that I think of is the great cloud of witnesses. I think I would be remiss to say that those are not my people too, because they are. When I think about persons in my family, my mother, Tonette Moran Blair, who has gone on to be a part of the great cloud of witnesses, but was very much who I would consider my people. In fact, my first people, because she is the person who was my biggest advocate, my biggest supporter and cheerleader. I also consider Matilda Blair and Mariah Blair Just real quickly, I want to share with you that I had an opportunity to do a genealogy research study last year and came across Matilda and Mariah. And these two women did something so amazing in the mid-1800s. They left from Arkansas and made their way here to Texas and basically forged a new life on their own. They are very much like some of the biblical women that we hear about, particularly like Ruth and Naomi, who had to forge their way without husbands because both Matilda and Mariah were widowed. And so I am just amazed by their strength and their determination and grit. And so I feel like they too are my people. The third category of people (laughs) that I'd like to describe, I am a advocate and avid reader of writers and artists. And so I love Nella Larson and Zora Neale Hurston, Angelina Weld Grimke. These are people who were unafraid to speak up. They were unafraid to talk about the things that were happening in their communities. And so they used their resources to be able to spread awareness. And I feel like I am in great company with all of the women that I've just named in these three categories, because they give me encouragement. I feel like there's a unparalleled support system there. And these are people that even during those moments when I feel like the weight of the world is crushing down on me, this is a community that I can go to. Somebody who I feel like has really shaped and influenced me is actually a person from history, the journalist and social justice activist Ida B. Wells. As a journalist, she used her power of her voice. Hmm. She used her power of the pen to be able to disrupt 
the dominant narrative and to liberate people from the margins. I think as a woman who herself was marginalized, that is, she was pushed to the side, she realized that even in the margins, that we can still shout our way to liberation. So when I began studying Ida B. Wells, I want to say that my background is in journalism too. So I immediately felt a connection to Ida B. Wells. I have understood my responsibility as an African-American woman who has been pushed to the margins to recognize that God has given me the power of my voice. And it's something that I want other women to understand is that there is power in your voice. That's one of the things that Ida B. Wells did. She was unafraid to talk about what was happening during her time. She launched this anti-lynching campaign. She was such a powerful and prophetic speaker and writer during her time in Memphis, Tennessee, even to the point when she came under attack, she did not let that stop her because she recognized that part of her responsibility is to fight for those who don't have a voice, to fight for those who have been oppressed, to fight for those who have been marginalized. And so she did that. Everything that she did was rooted in her understanding of Christianity. Anytime we look at what Jesus was doing, Jesus was always going to the margins and meeting people where they were. And so I believe that the work of Jesus's ministry was very much social justice. And that's something that Ida B. Wells, that she understood it that way too. And so this sense of activism and how do you use your voice in a way that liberates people and that brings wholeness to these broken places. Over the years, that's something that I've tried to do in my writing, something that I've tried to do in my ministry, is to understand that the power of your voice is such that you can raise awareness, but that you can also shout out of marginalized places and shout your way to liberation. A lot of times I encounter women who feel like they are not courageous enough to speak up. I feel like for those of us who understand our calling to be a prophetic voice, particularly those of us who are serving in ministry and who are serving in social justice, then we recognize that we have to have enough courage for those persons who are afraid to be able to help them to lift up their voices and to amplify their voice. As we begin to help people understand that there is a spirit of courage within all of us, it just takes some tending to, to be able to uncover it and for it to shine through. Mm -hmm. I'm just excited about being able to work in community with other women who are doing that and who are working collectively and echoing our voices, because I think there's power in that collective echo of our voices that goes mm -hmm. forth. I mean, I don't think there's anything that we cannot do when we come together and work in community.
So one of the things that I like to do is to spend time in my garden. I have a small garden here at my home, and I see it as a time of communing with God and just going back to that basic sense of in the beginning when we're created, like understanding that we are a part of God's creation and that we are uniquely made by God. And God calls us to rest. The work that we do is so important. And even having that spirit of courage is also understanding that there are times when God will call you away from the work to simply rest because you have to practice self-care. You can't be out there speaking for people and speaking against social injustices if you are experiencing fatigue, if you are experiencing dryness. So you have to find those ways that you can be watered as well. And so for me, gardening is one way. The other way that I feel like I tend to my spirit of courage is by writing. I love to write. I love to draw. And so I just spend some time just sitting, meditating, and and just simply journaling about it, writing about it. Maybe it's a poem. Maybe it's a litany that I'm writing. Just being able to have an outlet to release, because I think that's so important in the sense of tending to yourself and taking care of yourself, understanding that there needs to be a release. You can't be involved in all of these things that are happening and internalize everything. Because when you do that, obviously it causes you to be sick, right? The way to make sure that that's not happening is to find a way to release it, to recognize that you can do the work, you can be passionate about the work, but be cautious about how you internalize all of the pain of the people and the circumstances and the situations that we're dealing with on a daily basis, because that can be so damaging to us. And it just leaves us feeling so overwhelmed. So I would encourage people to look for those ways that you can find relief. So what keeps me inspired in the work that I'm doing is this new generation of millennials who are bold, who are unafraid to call out injustices, who when they see something happening, they take to their various forms of social media to talk about it, to have conversation about it but to also strategize and look at ways that we can begin this collective work to be more engaged in how do we dismantle these systems and structures that are in place that continue to cause people to be broken? And what are some ways that we can work together toward wholeness? So I'm inspired when I see that happening in community. I'm inspired when I see people who at one time felt like they didn't have anything to say or that what they had to say wasn't meaningful, but they took the risk anyway and stepped up to say something. Those are the kinds of things that inspire me. Those are the kinds of things that move me. And those are the kinds of things that say to me that even on those days when I'm not really sure if the work that I'm doing is enough, 
it says to me that there is a community of people who understand that we each have a piece in this assignment to bring about wholeness. For me, that just makes all the difference in the world. So if you haven't yet, it's not too late to register for the conference. We'll be talking about a revolution together with Reverend Blair, our other presenters, Carolina Hinojosa Cisneros, and Dr. Melinda Elizabeth Berry, and of course, all of you. Find out all about the conference and register at MennoniteUSA.org WDT18. I want to thank Melissa Flora Bixler and Chantel Todman Moore who helped make these shorts possible. They actually interviewed Dr. Barry and Reverend Blair. And can I just tell you, they've been incredible collaborators in planning this conference. Thanks so much, Melissa and Chantel, for all your work and creative energy. This episode was produced by me, Jenny Castro, with editing help from Shay Langley. Our theme song, My Religion, was written and recorded by singer-songwriter Addie Lichty. To find more music by Addie, look for Addie in the subtracts on Facebook or Addie Lichty on YouTube. Holding It Together is a joint production of Mennonite Church USA's Office of Women in Leadership and the Mennonite Inc. Look for us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Fireside, or wherever you prefer. We'll be back very soon to finish out the Breaking Silences series and finish up our first season. If you like what you're hearing, I'd invite you to rate and review us and share the podcast with your friends. I'm Jenny Gastro. Thanks for listening, y'all. Talk soon. And I have felt myself get small. It's what I do.